1: No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
0: Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Duncan. Now, it's been a big week for news in the United States. Perhaps the least surprising news story was the announcement by Joe Biden that he is going to run for the presidency in 2024 next year, of course. And this raises questions about his age and has raised questions. Some of them in the British press, really filthy and sickening, calling him senile and all of that stuff. But he is running for the presidency, and there have been huge developments around Donald Trump as well this week, which we're going to come to. And the firing of Tucker Carlson from Fox News has really been arguably the biggest story of the week. And from CNN, also fired is a man called Don Lemon, who's quite famous in America, and there's a feeling that there might be a media purge to come. We're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of The Hill and White House columnist for that newspaper. Now, Niall, you're not on the hit list, I hope. But I was it's, going to say,
1: not, not purged, yes, but not, anyway, go not ahead. Not
0: purged, yeah. In many ways, the Tucker Carlson story was the biggest story of the week, and It's attributed to Rupert Murdoch, who decided to fire him despite how popular he is. But let's start with the news that Joe Biden is running again and the response to that. I saw some rather shocking poll figures about whether or not people want him to run. And correct me if I'm wrong, but over 70% don't want him to run because of his age and because the age he'll be when he finishes his term in office, which I believe would be 86.
1: That's right. And there are a number of grim polls for Biden in that regard. I saw the 70% figure in the headline somewhere too, and it's not that inconsistent with other polls on that question. He is the oldest president in American history. As you say, he would be 86 at the end of a second term. Uh, Nikki Haley, who's a candidate for the Republican nomination, caused a bit of a stir uh, earlier this week when she said that essentially she did not think it was likely, was her word, that Biden would live to be 86. She was making the argument that if you vote for him, you're effectively voting for Kamala Harris to become president at some point. But she put it in a particularly, uh, well, uh, crude or, or overly blunt way. In yes, my and opinion. it's
0: worth pointing out that she's, of course, a candidate for the Republican nomination, but she's also the U.S.'s former delegate to the United Nations, uh, Mm and also a former governor of her home state, which I think is South Carolina.
1: South Carolina, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And for her to be saying something like that really is low, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, I don't know whether she misphrased it or not, but she doesn't necessarily appear to have done so, because she then, uh, her team sort of reiterated the point, albeit in slightly more subtle terms, Um, in a tweet. So uh, things like that are going to be part of the whole campaign. There is, on the one hand, people who are seeking to make use of Biden's age for political purposes and try to paint any stumble, mental or otherwise, uh, in the worst possible light. And then, on the other hand, as we have discussed on this podcast before, Eamon, it is a genuine issue and Biden can lack the sharpness Even if other people of that age, I mean, to to take a a bipartisan example, Bernie Sanders and Mitch McConnell are both a year older than Biden. Yes. Now, one can agree or disagree with their positions. They're very far opposed to each other. But there aren't really the same doubts about mental acuity in either of those cases as there are in Biden's case. And that's where the problem arises. Yes,
0: and one particularly nasty right-wing publication in Britain, Described him as geriatric. Mm. Now, that's a level of journalism that I wouldn't want to go to, right. but it wouldn't be uncommon in the United States, and doubtless it will be, it may surface there. Yeah. The point, I suppose, is how do the people view Biden in mm. terms of his credibility as a candidate? All things taken into account, and of course, the biggest thing that has to be taken into account is his mm-hmm. age and his. Ability, as you as you say, you know there are other people, Bernie Sanders being the most obvious one, who are vigorous and rigorous and up for it mm. and exude energy.
1: That's right. No, exactly, exactly. And I think that there are uh, clearly concerns among voters in that respect. One um, complication that, in my view, doesn't get mentioned enough on this question, Eamon, is uh, I don't know what the statistics are in Ireland in terms of voter turnout. But here in the U.S., older people are by far yes. the most reliable voters. Yes. And the last election, around uh, about three out of every four eligible voters over the age of 65 turned out. When you go to the youngest end of the spectrum, it's about 50%. So there are dangers if you're seen, I think, in as attacking someone because of their age. As for Biden himself, his approval ratings are not great, and there's no point in pretending that, that they are. But when you poll him in a hypothetical matchup against either Trump or DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, uh, they he, he's generally on even terms. There was one poll very recently where he beat Trump by three and lost to DeSantis by three. But it's all in that sort of ballpark.
0: Yes, now just to continue with Joe Biden for a moment, his leadership of the free world, as we call it, and America's role in NATO, his success in galvanizing NATO, and also in bringing a degree of unity to Europe in its position on Ukraine, which isn't really reflective of certain reality. There, there are deep divisions in Europe about Ukraine, but he has made that work. And he has put America's weight behind it and his own ability diplomatically to sort of command a united response to what is the most serious warfare we've seen in Europe since the Second World War.
1: Yeah, and I think that the contrast between the approach Biden has taken to that and the approach that either of his most serious Republican Challengers or would-be challengers take is very striking. DeSantis just to be clear has not declared a candidacy but is expected to do so in uh, the next month or two. So basically you have Biden doing what you just said in terms of putting together an international coalition on the other hand, you have Trump who is of course famously uh, hospitable to Putin and has actually said on one occasion implied that he would have sort of given up some territory although it was phrased in a very vague Trumpy way. And then you had DeSantis getting himself into hot water only um, a few weeks ago, describing the war in Ukraine, a war precipitated by Russia's invasion, as simply a territorial dispute in yes. which the United States had no vital interest. Yes. So, I mean, that really goes to show the gulf between Biden's position on that issue and the position of Trump and DeSantis, at least.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that is from a European perspective, the stakes would be very high in the 2024 presidential election because without the United States and its financial military support, not only would Ukraine be in big trouble, Europe would be in big trouble, and Taiwan would also be in big trouble because that's where the Chinese appear to be hovering, ready to strike. So there are ma- the stakes are massive, in 2024, mm-hmm. are they not?
1: They are, absolutely. And I mean, you, you mentioned two huge issues. The Chinese make no secret of their fact, of their desire to, uh, to, to take Taiwan out as an independent uh, uh, nation, essentially. And the United States has said that it will come to Taiwan's aid. Now, if that were to change, if you had an American president who was more circumspect or equivocal about that, that would obviously change the, dynamic there, it would change the dynamic on the Korean Peninsula, which is a whole other uh, world of trouble, and it would certainly change the dynamic in relation to the war in Ukraine, where there is growing Republican skepticism about the current level of American involvement.
0: Indeed, and it might embolden many bad actors. Now is the time. Another development yesterday, in fact, was an appearance by former Vice President Mike Pence before a grand jury. Jack Smith is the special prosecutor who's investigating Trump for various matters. But Pence was subpoenaed to appear before a grand jury. And, of course, one of the biggest unresolved issues that Trump has to face is the January 6th insurrection when a mob attacked the Capitol, broke in, called for Mike Pence to be hung. And uh, of course also it's the moment when Trump incited this, or is deemed by many people to have incited it, and indeed to have incited a dislike or dismay that Mike Pence was letting him down. This seems to me, if Pence has talked, and it's hard not to talk in five hours. What do you make of this Nile if Pence were to say what pressure the president who was sitting at the time put him under to nullify the
1: election. I would say that one of the most telling facts about all of that is that Trump has gone to great lengths unsuccessfully to try to prevent Pence from testifying. Uh, The Trump team has repeatedly and in various courts claimed executive privilege and they've lost in the courts on that topic. Now, that suggests that Trump was very eager for Pence not to testify. Um, Two caveats I would put on that. uh, Pence fought the subpoena initially, and he did carve out some exceptions in that he did not apparently have to testify about his official role as president of the Senate, which is the role that a sitting vice president always occupies. How exactly that affects things is a little bit unclear, because uh, the proceedings of a grand jury are secret the other point Eamon is that um obviously Pence is mulling his own presidential run yes and he's trying to um walk a tightrope not terribly successfully in my view where he's very critical of Trump for January the 6th and talks about the fact that Trump endangered him and his family but he also uh purports to claim pride in what he calls the achievements of the Trump-Pence administration. That's read by almost everybody as a desire not to completely alienate Trump supporters. Now, in a grand jury, you're under oath, you can't lie, but um, there was an aide to Mike Pence, for example, on television yesterday, suggesting that he might not go that much further than he already has in a, in a book that he wrote. So it's it's clearly bad for Trump. I don't want to Uh, blunt that point at all. How damning or fatal it is for him, I guess we'll have to see uh, once the grand jury comes back with any recommendations to prosecute or not prosecute.
0: Yeah, and just before I ask you the next question now which is about Trump and Georgia, Mm. it does appear from polls that DeSantis is losing support and Trump is becoming the dominant figure in the Nomination lineup for the Republican nomination. Is that accurate?
1: That is absolutely accurate, yes. Uh, I mean, in a number of polls recently among Republicans nationally, Trump has been ahead of dissenters by the order of two to one, which is a wider margin than we saw a couple of months ago. And nobody else, frankly, is at the races. Uh, I mean, Pence, Haley, another guy, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, um, none of them are getting out of single digits. So it's Trump versus DeSantis a long way behind versus everybody else nowhere for the moment. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. Now, there are two issues Trump must face. He is facing a rape trial in New York. It goes back 30 years and, well, you'll know more than I do what threat that poses to Trump. Although, you know, we think of the Access Hollywood tape which made the most appalling sexist claims, wicked stuff, and that didn't hurt him at all before the last election. Mm. The more important one is Georgia, where everybody knows, because everyone, anyone interested has heard the tape of him spending one hour trying to persuade Brad Raffensperger, the official in Georgia, that he needed to find enough votes, 11,000-plus votes, to give the state of Georgia to Donald Trump. This was the sitting president of the United States inducing an official to well to alter the election result,
1: which is yeah, mind Yeah, to steal an election, essentially. Yeah. I mean no, that's really what he was what he was doing. I think in a legal sense you're you're quite right that the probe in Georgia is the most serious one. Against Trump because the evidence seems so plain. I mean, you mentioned having heard, as as anybody who wants to can hear, a a recording of that phone call between Trump and Brad Raffensperger, with Trump wanting him to find the exact number of votes required to overturn Biden's margin of victory in Georgia. That seems uh, so obviously, on its face, to be election meddling that it it obviously poses a a very significant. threat of a very significant problem to trump the prosecutor in that case the district attorney down there a woman by the name of fanny willis has said that she expects to make charging decisions um, sometime in the summer so that's likely coming in the next two to three months and um, just to mention briefly the very serious and, and grim um, account of uh, an alleged rape Um this is Technically, it's a defamation uh, trial because the woman in question, yes. Jean Carroll, um, alleged that Trump back in the 1990s attacked her in the dressing room of a very well known department store. There was recently a, a change made to the statute of limitations that has enabled her to also take a case for battery. And um, ba- I mean, basically, she was testifying this week in very uh, disturbing detail about. Um, the the alleged rape, uh, as she as she puts it, um, a very you know obviously serious matter and one that we'll will see go, what happens in the court itself. Trump, of course, denies uh, any any such thing happened.
0: Now it seems that it doesn't matter to his supporters what Trump does, and that is alarming, and it it kind of leads us to leads me to. What is arguably the biggest story in America this past seven days, that is the firing of Tucker Carlson, the most watched and popular news anchor who had his own show every night at 8 o'clock on Fox News. Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, is said to have personally intervened with his son Lachlan to sack Carlson. And there was no warning He signed off on a Friday night saying, see you Monday. By Monday, he was was gone. Mm. That's a massive story in many ways about the media, but also Fox and its relationship with Trump and indeed Carlson's support for Trump, who he claimed in private texts and emails to hate. Mm. That's a big story, isn't it, in terms of Fox's support for him and how vital that is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a huge story in many ways. And it came, um, I don't want to say out of the blue, because obviously it came in the wake of the famous and massive settlement that Fox agreed to pay to Dominion voting. Yeah, it's almost
0: $800 million.
1: Exactly. An enormous sum. But most people, uh, including myself, thought that Fox would pay that uh, settlement because Fox is vastly lucrative and would continue as before. And frankly, I didn't see anybody predicting the imminent oyster of uh, Tucker Carlson. It came very abruptly, as you say. He was on the air and then he was off the air, and that was that. Um, there, without sort of losing us in the, in the, uh, sort of in the weeds as we say <laughs> there, there, is, there is some suggestion there's a separate case that a former uh, booking producer in carlson's show has taken where she is alleging a uh, a hostile work environment uh, sexist rhetoric and uh, just general pretty gross behavior yes. there is some suggestion that that could have played a part in his uh Removal as well. I, I was laughing because you rightly and and correctly call it a firing. They didn't say that in their official announcement. It was a parting of the ways, but yes. that's a bit like bands that have musical differences when they can't stand each other anymore. It's yeah. uh, he was clearly removed against his against as well.
0: And a CNN anchor of seventeen years standing, Don Lemon, was mm-hmm. also dismissed. I think the following day, mm-hmm. again without warning, and again there appears to be bitterness. This has led to talk of a purge mm. in American broadcasting. <laughs> There'll be <laughs> yes. no purge on the stand until I say so.
1: <laughs> and um, <laughs> Did you wield your power like Stalin? I, I,
0: yeah, I'd give you Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> this is funny from where I'm sitting and we're sitting here. It isn't funny when you think, of the power of the American media, and in particular, of the power of by far the most popular cable channel, Fox.
1: Right. No, absolutely. And I mean, Fox's audience is vastly bigger than CNN's. MSNBC, which leans liberal, is in second place. CNN is way, way behind Fox. And Fox has uh, been, more or less it's a, since its foundation, an important Player in um, the conservative movement. That weird combination that, as you know, happens with media outlets sometimes, Eamon, where it it half. Reacts to events and half drives events. Yes. There's You know, p- candidates are competing to get time on there. It can set the agenda to a certain degree. Uh, frankly, you know, it has been uh, pushing, I think, Ron DeSantis quite, quite hard and with some degree of success. I don't know whether that's because Rupert thinks he's a more acceptable choice than Trump or not, but, uh, you know, DeSantis has got a lot of airtime there. So, you know, Fox has, clearly been uh, one of the major forces that did push or at least gave a platform to some of those false charges of um, election fraud or chicanery in 2020. But it goes much broader than that. It it has, its critics would certainly say, been a sort of a a demagogic or demagogic force in all sorts of issues from immigration to healthcare to so-called wokeness and everything else.
0: Just to go to DeSanto's, He's in London today, Mm. burnishing his internationalist (laughs) credentials. I saw some comments he made during the week, and of course, he made the decision about six weeks and no more for abortions. Mm. He seems like a crude, nasty man.
1: Mm. That's certainly what his what his critics would say, and how they see him. I don't
0: mean to put you in an invidious position, but there was Mm. some stuff he said about gay people about. Mm. Stuff like that. It was just sickening.
1: He has been very, very far to the right on that issue. He's in a big feud with the Disney Corporation, of all people, yeah. at the moment, because they expressed opposition to legislation that was passed at his behest. Uh, that legislation barring the discussion of sexual uh, orientation in the early stages of uh, schooling. Um, the, the DeSantis clearly sees his path to national prominence as being through those so-called culture war issues. That can be um, gay rights, it can be race-related stuff. Uh, it, he was very, very opposed once it became politically uh, advantageous to be so uh, very opposed to sort of COVID era restrictions, and was very vocal on that topic, so that's where his he clearly sees his lane uh, as being yes. sort of stoking those uh, right wing uh, or conservative grievances about various things, and he does so with uh, great ferocity.
0: Just a, a final question, Nile, uh, which you've got five minutes. <laughs> 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 it seems me this is it's kind of it's a joke against myself. It seems the more we talk, the more we see of what's happening in the United States that there really is only the Biden administration standing between the United States remaining a nation that is part of our world, the most powerful. Nation, indeed, upon which many of our freedoms depend, and a United States that's governed by really bad, irresponsible, corrupt people.
1: Well, the argument about the United States' engagement in the world is clearly correct in the sense that were Trump or DeSantis to be elected in 2024, there is no serious question that there would be a uh, greater disengagement of the U.S. from from the world. Now, Republicans would take uh, great umbrage at the the charge of corruption, and you know we don't have evidence that Desantis, for example, is personally corrupt. No, of course Tr- not. No, Tr- Trump is a is a different kettle of fish because there were all sorts of uh, you know people arriving in Washington and staying in his hotel while they were had had business before the government and all of that, and of course his business affairs are being probed and have been probed from a legal standpoint the 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 point i think Eamon, that is really the the central one is um you know we talked about january the 6th earlier on and mike pence yes people like mike pence and brad raffensperger the man in georgia um stood up against attempts there to steal an election yes a large number of republicans in congress uh didn't do so, yes. and vo- and voted to not certify the results of the election in certain states, even as yes. the debris from January the 6th was still littering in the halls of Congress. That seems to me a fundamental uh, schism or pivot point, and I think that's why you do see a lot of Republican, former Republicans maybe I should say, kind of recoil in uh, horror at what they consider the party to have become uh, cultish, um, authoritarian, uh, unconcerned with the basic building blocks of democracy like a peaceful transfer of power. Yes,
0: and just to, to underline that fact, the official in Georgia who withstood this tirade, hour-long tirade from Trump, was a man who had, was a Republican. Mm. or is a republican and he he told Mr Trump that I voted for you he mm. was a, a Trump republican so that sort of sums it up he was still mm. a decent man and he was doing his he was doing his duty by his country and refused to be corrupted by Trump mm-hmm. which is what Trump was seeking
1: Yes, I think that is the clear uh, inference of that phone call. In fact, more than an inference, Trump was directly seeking that. And Brad Raffensperger, the then Secretary of State, is uh, not only a Republican, but a very conservative, personally conservative person. But uh, to his credit, he withstood all the pressure that can be brought to bear from a direct and frankly rather threatening phone call from the then sitting president of the united states
0: and that really poses the biggest threat to trump doesn't it when you think about it
1: it does in my opinion yes that's where the real danger lies
0: okay now we're very grateful to you as always now stanich is associate editor of the hill and white house columnist with that respected newspaper we're grateful to Niall to all of you for listening that's all we have time for now we'll talk to you soon